good morning to each and every one of you. Well, life is good. We've emerged out of the deep freeze or the great freeze that we've had. Didn't know if we was going to live through it. And I don't know about your clothes, but this suit got smaller the last two weeks because of hanging around the house a lot. But the Lord is so good to us. You know, just as I finish all this outside work that I had going on, then just as I finish, the big freeze starts. In the foyer there, there's two big boxes of cassette tapes. And they're, of course, they're free. Was during this closed up time at the house, I was digging through the office. And that's about um, half of what I had in there. I just went through them. And anyone you ever heard of, there's a cassette tape of them. And a lot of them that you haven't heard of. And there's even little uh, packages of new blanks in there. So please just dig through them because I don't know what we will do with the rest of them. Megan Harrison, when she was nine years old, she was baptized right here. If her little girl now is soon going to turn eight, and she and Megan texted me this morning and asked if I had any of her baptism pictures, which are on a computer at the house that Sharon has that is froze up and she can't, no matter what she does, she can't get it to open up. So we, if any of you have a picture of Megan being baptized, uh, would sure be appreciated. You can send it to my phone and I'll send it to her or however you want to handle that. John Atkins is uh, our speaker today. He is the district president. And Albert is going to sing for us. And then in the foyer, there's also two cards that uh, Dean brought in for. And who are they for, Dean? Okay. All right. So I think that's all we have right now. Steve, you got anything that you need mentioned? Okay. Also, uh, Jimmy Townsend has passed away too. So. What? Yes, I did. Okay, Gus, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, I've, I've said Jimmy and Wesley so much, you know, it just came out. Didn't even realize I'd said that, so. All right, let's turn to uh, hymn number 50. We will stand on this, and then, Alex, will you bring our invocation?
praise be to you, our Lord, that you are often going to spoken boldly commands. Give the clarity of mind and of thought and ability that you need. Continue to be with us, Lord, and be with all those who have been named as having needs, and bless us, Lord Jesus. It's our prayer this morning in Jesus Christ's name. morning. <clears throat> Pleasure to look out and see your smiling faces this morning. <clears throat> As I mentioned last time I was here, I cherish the times that we spend together, literally, you know, because last time I was here, I think there were probably 60 people here, or just a fraction of that here now, but we're here. And like Ralph Damon said one time, those who showed up are choice. Those who showed up came to worship their Heavenly Father. And I was delighted to see Brother Elbert here this morning. I was thinking about him yesterday because a few things had crossed my mind, and I almost called you yesterday, believe it or not. <laughs> and I can't even remember why now. But for those of you, um, <clears throat> as Roger said, I am uh, John Atkins. I, uh, I'm the presiding elder as well over in Rogers, Arkansas. <clears throat> and it is my, play, my, play, my pleasure and privilege to be here. Uh, la I remember one time I was here, I, I got so tongue-tied, I was up here, and I couldn't even remember Roger Tracy's name. And I don't know if it was the spirit that had rested upon me from the spirit that resides in this place on these holy grounds or, or just what, but uh, I was so tongue-tied, I couldn't even remember his name. But if you, if you recall this scripture and you were taught this scripture when you were... Uh, in your younger years, please repeat after me. It's John 3.16. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. We who are gathered here today are the whosoevers. I want you to dwell on that just for a second. We who are gathered here today are the whosoevers. Savior, 
That's a hard act to follow. For those who haven't read your moments with the master this morning, it's by Pat Whiteman. It says, Let Your Light Shine. I read it this morning about 530, and I reflected back on one of the scriptures that she used in, in that story on section 90, paragraph 5. It talks about condemnation, and uh, that kind of incorporates with my message too but I would like to thank Pat for her contributions to the moments with the master because I've used them um, a few times in some of my messages and and uh, <coughs> she's a very gifted writer I'd like to thank Cynthia as well for bringing the ministry of music it's uh, was it that was good but um Anyway, the scripture I shared with you this morning is one that's very familiar. A friend of mine sent me, uh, he's, he's, a, he's a pastor as well. Well, he's not a pastor, but he's a minister. He's a, a Jewish Christian. He's very fluent in Hebrew. But I want to share with you uh, some material that he sent with me, and I very rarely even use my phone, but uh, this message that he sent me, part of it I'm going to tell you about here. It's on my phone. And uh, so, uh, <clears throat> but anyway, he says, did you realize, John, that John 3.16 tells the whole story? So I, I want to go ahead and share that with you. Why can I say that the most memorized quote verse in the Bible summarizes the entire Bible message? Let's read the verse, and then we'll look closely at the three key statements Jesus declares to us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The first one is God loves everyone, just not the ones that are in this room, just not the remnant church, but everybody in the world. And we think about that, is a declaration that God loves everybody, which means everybody. Who is everybody? Every class of people and from all cultures, nations, skin colors, conditions of their life, yes, God even loves those steeped in sin no matter what they may have done. And I'm going to talk about that in a second too. 
Paul clarifies for us in Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his own love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And I had a guy do some work for me years ago, and uh, he was imprisoned in Texas for some armed robbery or first one thing or the other. But he said when he read the scriptures, he was sitting in his cell, when he read that scriptures, he said, if somebody's willing to die for me while I'm still in my sins, he said, I'm giving my life to them. That's when he was converted to be a Christian. When he was sitting in his jail cell in Huntsville, Texas, he converted himself. He, he, he's now a traveling minister that goes to prisons and preaches to prisoners as well. But that verse converted him to Christ. <clears throat> so, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. There's absolutely nothing we can do to cause God to stop loving us. He loves his creation, everything made in the first five days, and especially the creation he made in his image on the sixth day, that's us. That love was taught to many of us in a very popular children's song, Jesus Loves the Little Children of the World. And I know we've all sang that or taught that to our children, you know, when we were growing up and heard it in Sunday school and had the, how the children uh, sing it. And I've, I've had the privilege of listening to the children over in Blackgum sing that song, you know, the, the little toddlers even, that Jesus loves the little children of the world. And it's such a blessing to hear them proclaim that. <clears throat> Number two, everyone needs Jesus. God knew this, so he gave his only begotten son because all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. And we can read that in Romans 3.23. But if you look up the word all in the dictionary, it means all. God gave his children the Ten Commandments. And if we are honest, we have to admit that no one can keep them. Truth be known, we violate them every day, especially if we consider Jesus' clarification of them in his famous Sermon on the Mount in, in Matthews chapter 5, 6, and 7. Number three, everyone can be saved. And I won't go into that because I could preach all the rest of the, my message on that. But I'm, I'm not going to go into that. But, you know, and, and actually, this point of view, he and I discuss in different steps on this very thing here so it's good to hear the um, <clears throat> comments of someone whose faith is different than yours in in their perspective in regards to your perspective you know and and kind of share your perspectives and kind of try to meet on a common ground so to speak and I try to do that with whatever denomination ministers or you know whatever I come in contact with, I try to find a common ground that we can meet on, you know, so there's no anger, strife, or backbiting among us that we're, we're together on certain things. Certain, yeah. But number three, <clears throat> everyone can be saved. This is a clear phrase. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The whosoevers are everyone that the word appears often in the Bible the whosoevers, and that's us, as I mentioned earlier. In Romans 10, 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And whosoever appears eight times in John and 163 times in the whole Bible. The book of Revelation concludes with the Holy Spirit saying, and whosoever will let him take of the water of life freely, Revelation twenty two seventeen. So every person we meet in is potentially a whosoever. The whole world, we're all whosoevers. If they believeth in him, that's the key right there, if they believeth in him. And the scriptures also tell us we have not because we believe not. We have not because we believe not. If they believeth in him, this belief is not simple, head or intellectual knowledge about Jesus. Probably 90% or so of the people in the world might believe Jesus was a person who existed, but believeth in him refers to a heart commitment to all that the Bible says about Jesus. 
again, a heart commitment that all to all <clears throat> that the Bible says about Jesus, the whole good news of the gospel. And this is what I want you to pay attention to right here. Many people will miss heaven by 18 inches. Have you ever heard that? Many people will miss heaven by 18 inches. 18 inches is the distance between our head and our heart. Head and our heart. <clears throat> from the distance from the head to the heart, that is why Jesus cautioned us with, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Matthew seven fourteen. So the heart believer who makes Jesus his Lord will not perish but have everlasting life. And with that statement, Jesus declared the contrasting destinies that awaits us all, perish in hell for eternity or have life everlasting. Conclusion, God loves everyone and we all need Jesus, but only the whosoever's that truly believe will have life everlasting. So, a little different take on John 3.16. Now I want to shift gears just for a minute. And I want us to look to John 3.17 and 18. <clears throat> For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that through but the world through him might be saved. He who believeth on him is not condemned, but he that who believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed on the name of the only begotten Son of God, which before was preached by the mouth of the holy prophets, for they testified of me. Condemnation. I want to talk a little bit about condemnation. You know, we're told in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, the, the Apostle Paul tells us, quench not the Spirit. Quench not the Spirit. And how many of us are, are, are uh, <clears throat> what I want to say, uh, how many of us have done that unknowingly? have gotten mad about one certain thing or the other, and before we know it, we've, we're in the pit. We're thinking evil thoughts. We're thinking dumb stuff, and that's what I call dumb stuff. You know, when you let the devil take you down into the pit, then you got to crawl back up. But one thing I know for sure, the devil hates a persistent person. He hates somebody that keeps climbing out of the pit, clawing his way back up to the top. The devil hates a persistent person, and that's we've got to be persistent in climbing out of that pit. In 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 15, it, sees, it says, See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good both among yourselves and to all men. And verse 19 is the kicker, quench not the spirit. So as we think about quenching not the spirit, I come across another little story in moments with the master I want to share with you. And this talks about condemnation. It talks about blasphemy. You know, and, and some people think, well, why do you want to talk about negative things in the pulpit? Well, negative things need to be addressed just as like positive things. Because if you're not aware of the negativity and the unpardonable sin that you yourself can be part of, you need to be aware of it. And this little story was in Moments with the Master in, in January, February issue of 2018. And it's called The Unpardonable Sin. And the scripture reading with this is Matthew 12, 26. And it says, Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men who receive me and repent. But the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven unto men. You know, and as a minister, I never really 
really got a hold of that like I should, you know, because as a as a child, you know, growing up in this church, my mother was so adamant about us not saying anything against God, you know, like, oh, God, or something like that, you know, as a byword. Well, she'd backhand you so fast, it wasn't even funny, you know, and uh, don't you say that, you know, and you never realize, you know, but this was very, she knew what it meant, and she was going to teach her children what to me, what it meant, even though if it caused her to backhand you, you know, which she would, but <laughs> it shall not be forgiven unto men. And the, the author of this story is Francis Wilhite, <clears throat> and it says, I did not fully understand the scripture. How does this happen? Then in verses 37 through 39, it finally made sense. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, and he is converted to Christ and his doctrine, the evil spirit walks through dry places seeking rest and cannot find any. Why? Because Christ is in you. That spirit, that light is dwelling in you. But when you turn your back on that spirit, you, you think negative thoughts. You think, and why God, you know, you, especially in these times that we're in now, you know, this uh, coronavirus and people dying and family members passing away because of this virus or first one thing and the other, you know, you're, so much negativity can enter your mind saying, why could God do this, you know, and and people are questioning their faith and first one thing the other, but this is where that negativity enters in. That's where the devil feeds on your mindset. He's feeding on that mindset. <clears throat> and that's when it says, when the, un when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man and he is converted to Christ and his doctrine, that evil spirit walks through dry places seeking rest and cannot find any. But when... That man speaks against the Holy Ghost. Then that evil spirit goes back to that place he had been cast out from. He finds the house, the van, empty and swept and garnished. Why? Because he's already quenched the spirit. He's already upset the Holy Spirit where, you know, the spirit doesn't feel welcome there anymore. He's He's had negative thoughts. He's, he's done first one thing and the other. He, he's done this. He's done that. His faith has, has dropped to an all-time low, and he's decided to, to do things that weren't even imaginable, you know, and, and he's fallen into the pit, and he doesn't, he doesn't have any reason to crawl out of because the devil's compressing him down in there. <clears throat> he finds the man's house empty and swept and garnished. Why? Because the Spirit has left the man. He's vacated the premises. This is because when he spoke against the Holy Ghost, the Spirit, the good Spirit left him. Well, sure, he'd run him off. Then the Spirit goes back. And soon, then the evil Spirit goes back in with seven other spirits. You think you've had it bad the first go around. Wait till the seven of his buddies come to hang out with him. More evil than the first. And they enter in and live there. So the end of this man is worse than at the first. This is what happens when we speak or sin against the Holy Ghost. We are lost. And I like this passage that she references here in Alma. In Alma chapter 19, Alma tells his son Corianton, For behold, if we deny the Holy Ghost when it, was, when it once had place in you. Key, when it once had place in you. So you know right from wrong. You know how not to run that spirit off. You know the consequences of that, but yet you've turned your back on him when it once had place in you and you know not and you know that you deny it so you've turned your back on god you've you've run him off you've run the holy spirit off the holy comforter the one that jesus sent to 
to comfort us in our times of need. We've questioned that. We've run him off. Behold, this is a sin which is unpardonable, as Alma tells his son Coriantumr in verse 8. Take time to read all of Alma's advice to his to this son in chapter 19. <clears throat> so, again, I'm going to reread that. In Alma chapter 19, he, sell, he tells his son Coriantumr, For behold, if we deny the Holy Ghost, which it once had place in you, and you know that you deny it, behold, this is a sin which is unpardonable. So you knowingly reject God. Well, sure, the devil's on an all-time high then because he's got you right where he wants you. You know, the devil doesn't give jack squat about those he has under his thumb. It's about us who are trying to overcome, who who are trying to scratch in our way out of the pit every day and stay out of the pit you know and many many people fall to this because it tells us in second corinthians chapter 11 verses 14 and 15 that satan is transformed and into an angel of light he's the great deceiver we can all be deceived we can all be taken victim of that if we are not aware of where we're at what we're doing where we're around it's you know And going back to Alma chapter 9, I talked about that heart condition, which we talked about in in, uh, John 3.16 and, you know, this heart condition, you know, the distance between the head and the heart, 18 inches. Well, I want to read to you what Alma says about that heart condition. It's in Alma chapter 9, verses 15 through 21. Alma began to expound these things to the to the multitude. It is given to many to know the mysteries of God. Nevertheless, they are laid under a strict command that they shall not impart. They shall. Let me start. There, nevertheless, they are laid under a strict command that they shall not impart only according to the portion of his word which he grants to the children of men according to the heed and diligence which they give to him. I want you to reread that if you get a chance. Okay? Alma began to expound to the multitude. It is given to many to know the mysteries of God. So we all have that. We're all capable of that. He's offering that to us. Nevertheless, they are laid under a strict command that they shall impart only according to the portion of his word which he grants to the children of men according to the heed and diligence which they give to him. You see how this is a two-way street. If we draw nigh to God, he will draw nigh to us in the book of Hebrews. Therefore, He that will harden his heart, the same will receive the lesser portion of the word. That's where that 18 inches comes in I was telling you about. Therefore, he that will harden his heart, the same will receive the lesser portion of his word. And he that will not harden his heart, to him is given the greater portion of the word, until it is given to to him to know the mysteries of God until he knows them in full. And that's what we're striving for, to know the mysteries of God. You know, I can't say enough. I could preach another sermon on Ephesians chapter 1 where Paul talks about the mysteries of God and unfolding these mysteries. That way the, the true believers, the whosoevers like we are, will understand these passages of scriptures and, and be able to feed on this word and, and be able to tell others about it. But... Um, <clears throat> I like that passage there. You know, our, our spiritual state, you know, we don't want to procrastinate any of this, you know. It, uh, <clears throat> so much I could share with you on uh, today on this, but I, I want to go on in, in what I've got here. But so these, so these passages in the scriptures that we've expounded in, in great detail, it, it's told us the consequences of blasphemy. 
what happens to us when we turn our back on the Lord. You know, and I, and I, my heart goes out to those that really don't understand this passage of scriptures that continue to live their life in a way that, that they think in their heart is not, um, you know, what I'm doing is really not that bad. I'm, I'm all right, you know. I'm, I'm not going to church, but I'm really not sinning that much, you know. Uh, and, and that's and that's the mindset that the devil wants to get us in, you know, that, you know, what we're doing is really not that bad. And, and uh, you know, it's kind of like the frog in the boiling pot, you know. A little here, a little there, pretty much, pretty soon the frog's dead because he got used to what he was doing. So the passages about blasphemy to some, as I, as I mentioned, are negative. <clears throat> you know, they won't want to hear it. They don't want to hear what they're doing bad, <clears throat> kind of like judgment, you know. I'm not going to judge anybody, but when, when non-believers who don't know the passage in the scriptures start hearing about judgment and how they're going to be judged and how they're going to have to stand before the bar of God and answer for everything they've done, well, that, shows a ne- that throws a negative light on the whole situation as well, and they kind of draw back into their shell, you know. Because they don't want to hear about judgment. They don't want to hear about anything negative about what the scriptures say. But in reality, if we're talking negative things, negative brings us out of darkness into light. Brings us out of darkness into light. And as I mentioned, Pat's message in the moments with the master, she, one of her scriptures that was in that message was, was uh, section 90 of the Doctrine and Covenants in paragraph 5. And I'm going to share that with you real quickly. <clears throat> and if you haven't read 90 lately, I encourage you to go back and read 90. It's, it's full of excellent information. But, uh, you know, paragraph 5 is a long one. I'm not going to read it all, but it talks about the man who also is the beginning of God, intelligence, or light, or truth, was not created or made, neither indeed can be made. All truth is independent in that sphere in which God has placed it to act for itself, as all intelligence also otherwise there is no existence. You know, it talks about the agency of man and the elements of eternal spirit and, you know, so many things that the, the elements are the tabernacle of God. Man is the tabernacle of God, even temples. And whosoever temple is defiled, God shall destroy that temple. So we talk about blasphemy. We're destroying our temple if we allow the Satan to come in and, and take hold. But as I mentioned, if we talk about these negative things about judgment, if you withdraw from that, you're drawn back into that darkness. We want to come into the light, you know, and embrace the Word of God for the truth that it reveals because these scriptures, you know, reveal the truth by which we need to, to, to live our lives and conduct our lives, you know, not in a negative sense but in a positive sense, not in darkness but in light. So reach for the light. <clears throat> I want to go back just a minute in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and, and, and continue in that passage just a second here. And then I'm going to I'll give you a couple of other scriptural references on blasphemy, and, which are contained in the Doctrine and Covenants, the, the Book of Mormon, and, and uh, you know, in, in the Holy Scriptures as well, in the inspired version, but it's... Uh, Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ concerning you. Quench not the Spirit. Don't blash for me the Holy Ghost, is basically what that's saying, you know. Quench not the Spirit. Despise not prophesying. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Abstain from all appearances of evil. And the very God of peace and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, that your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Man, don't we all shoot for being blameless, you know? And again, that, that's what the beginning of 
Section 90 in the Doctrine and Covenants talks about being blameless and spot-free and, and just gives us words of encouragement to live by and to continue to move forward in. You know, <clears throat> in Romans 5, verses 1 through 8, Paul tells us that we must never turn our back on the declaration we've made in accepting Christ as our personal Savior. Wouldn't that be considered blasphemy? Amen. We must never turn our back on the declaration we've made in accepting Christ as our personal Savior. We, you know, and again, I didn't have the scripture written down, but Peter tells us that we must always have a hope and answer for that hope that lies within us. We must always be ready to give an answer to anybody that asks for that hope that lies within us, that spirit that dwells in us, that's, that's wanting to get out, that's wanting to be expressed to the world around us, to anybody that has an ear to hear. And it says, to work out our salvation with fear and trembling, Philippians 2, verses 12 through 15. Work out our salvation with fear and trembling. <clears throat> so as we go on briefly here, uh, you know, as I, as I read in, in John 3, 18, there is no condemnation for those that believe in Christ. But there is condemnations for those who turn their back on the Holy Spirit, who run him off, who, who blaspheme the Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, it talks about that in the Old Testament as well. And if you're familiar with Exodus chapter 20, the Ten Commandments t tells about this very same thing. Uh, Exodus chapter 20, verse 7, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Well, my mother was so adamant about that. And that's one thing you get backhanded for right there real quick. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. I can still see her expressing that. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord in vain. And, uh, you know, every time you see something on TV that's so negative, you know, I get so upset that, you know, if, it's crazy, but it's, it's, it's in our world today, and it's up to us to, to remove ourselves from that thought pattern, from that pit, so to speak, and climb out of that pit and, and look for things that we need to be focusing our mind on instead of the negative things of the world. Again, in Leviticus 24, verses 15 and 16, And thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel, saying, Whosoever curses his God shall bear his sin. And he that blasphemeth the name of the Lord, he shall surely be put to death. Aren't you glad that Christ died for our sins? Amen. A little harsher then, by a long shot. <clears throat> but essentially, you're going to be put to death because if the Spirit withdraws from you, you might as well die anyway you're not going to feel like living, especially if you felt that spirit already and it's withdrawal from you. You're going to feel like dying. He that blasphemeth the name of the Lord, he shall surely be put to death, and all the congregation shall certainly stone him as well as a stranger as he that is born in the land when he blasphemeth the name of the Lord shall be put to death. Thank you, Lord, for dying for my sins, for shedding your blood on the cross for me, that through you I may have eternal life, because I am one of the whosoevers, because I do believe in what he did and what he stands for and will continue to profess that until the day I die. And I hope you all feel the same way, you know, because the world isn't getting any sweeter by a long shot. And if we can continue to stay focused on what the scriptures tell us, we're going to be better for a long time. You know, but it's up to us. It's, it's a daily battle, to say the least. It's a daily battle. We've got to get up swinging every day and continue to move forward. In closing, I want to share with you a couple passages out of the, uh, our revelations. 
in, in this particular passage, hopefully is in words of encouragement for you today, R154, 4B, starting, it says, even though you may have to pass through many trials in these last days, be strong and be cheerful. For in my gospel and in my word you shall, you shall find strength to overcome. Seek me in your quiet places, and you shall have peace in your souls. Now this is this obstacle of blasphemy and quenching not the spirit is, is part of those obstacles and, and trials of life that we have to endure. But I think President Larson knew very much what we as saints are going through in these times we're in. Even though you may have to pass through, tri pass through many trials in these last days, be strong and be cheerful, for in my gospel and in my word you shall find strength to overcome. Seek me in your quiet places, and you shall have peace in your souls. <clears throat> and in 5b, you should always be alert to those forces of evil that will try to destroy you as you witness and profess Jesus. Be valiant in your testimony of Jesus and work in the work of converting souls to him. Again, be valiant in your testimony. Seek wins of opportunity to share the gospel to the sin-sick world around us. I can't say enough about that. Again, in R157, 6D, be aware and stand strong in your convictions. Let not the wiles of the adversary overcome you. Put on the whole armor of God. But in these turbulent times, take comfort and be of good cheer, for in my gospel is found peace, comfort, and joy. Lo, I am with you always. Again, I, I pray that you'll go back and read section 90. Go back and read these R revelations and be in the Word every day. I can't say that enough. I, I try to stress that to, to the Rogers congregation and whoever I speak to every day to, to be focused in the Word and read the Word every day. And, and your life will be a lot better if you, if you stay focused on the reading of these Word every day. And if you don't have a subscription to the Moments with the Master, uh, get one. It's twenty dollars a year, which is you'll spend twenty dollars on lunch, you know. So, it's an excellent read. Uh, as I mentioned, Sister Pat has a lot of things in here, and and incidentally, on the next page of this unpardonable sin story, is a story from Sister Pat. <laughs> it's because God's purpose in us. So God does have a purpose in us that we profess his name and to move forward with an eye single to his glory in all that we do every day. I want to thank you all for letting me come here today and, and share this little message with you and hopefully you'll, you've gained something out of it today. If nothing else, just remember to quench not the spirit because it won't be an easy road back if you make it back. Thank you, John, for driving all this way and speaking your mind and what you really felt. It seems so nice to hear him read the out of the, our revelations there, and I could just hear Prophet Larson speaking those words. Turn to him 401, please. And Elbert, will you bring our benediction?
Thank you. 